3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You're listening to Pawnee Public Radio
3: with your hosts Hannah and Will. Coming to you live from inside a time capsule buried in our backyard, it's me, Will.
1: That made me think like buried alive thing. That was scary. I think our listeners Kinda are scared spooky. Now. Sometimes it's... I'm worried about...
3: <laughs> Sometimes you got to be a little spooky in February, you know? Because all the spooky stuff gets pushed to October. And I think you need to balance out your year by being a little spooky in February.
1: I mean Andy wanted to put Edwarder in the time capsule. So I guess people do get put in time. Yeah. Capsules.
3: There's a world where and if you really think about it, what is a coffin but a time capsule for a loved one? Right?
1: This <laughs> is not the most joyful way we have uh started a podcast. This is a this show people turn to this for joy, mm-hmm. for laughter and we just went straight
3: I mean you hear really I'm in the time sad, capsule morbid. but I'm I'm doing fine you know I'm I'm in my prime I'm still,
1: still. You hear that from people in coffins?
3: <laughs> no no I'm just speaking for for myself that I'm that I in my <laughs> in my metaphorical time capsule I'm I'm in a really good place which is the time capsule. If you
1: haven't <laughs> guessed it yet we watched Time Capsule oh, which is uh season 3 episode 3 of Parks and Recreation um it's a it's a great episode. It's a lot happier than <laughs> this intro to this podcast right now.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, I think um, I I really do love this. I was it has like a super fun guest star from Will Forte who I love and is playing a character that I think is one of my kind of like one of my favorite guest star moments. I not, there also aren't that many, <laughs> but it's in in my top. Whatever. Um, yeah, we've got. It's about books. We've got another recap inside of a recap in here, which you know I love. You know I'm a sucker for...
1: And we, because we have a fantastic guest star of Will Forte in the episode, we have a fantastic guest star here on Pawnee Public Radio. We have our raffle winner. Remember? And let me just... <laughs> remember that. Remember that raffle. Um, Thanks to everyone who submitted uh, five-star reviews. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um... Steph came on. She was great. We're going to play the segment. We brought her in for a sort of pseudo expert segment. Um, I just want to uh, I want to jump right into the Steph segment, and then we'll circle back around to the episode. But uh, she was a real treat to have on, a natural podcaster, and overall, a, a really good human and friend, it seems. That was my first impression.
3: Yeah. Meet Steph. Here she is.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, uh you, you knew the raffle, you all entered, but you all lost to this next lady. <laughs> it's the winner of the not hummingbird raffle, Pawnee Public Radio Raffle, Steph Fallon. Welcome to the podcast. Hello.
2: Great, great way to position everyone. What do you want to say to your losers? By calling yeah. them losers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's really, you know, it's like nice to build towards yeah. something. So it's nice <laughs> to plant the idea in people's heads and then they'll learn how lovely you yeah. are. <laughs> I
2: like to really start off in the negative and like work extra hard to climb back into the positive.
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm setting you up for a challenge. Like, would they just like you if I hadn't <laughs> introduced you that way? Probably. Now you have to win them back. Yeah, I we,
3: already we won the raffle. You, you right didn't off tell the me bat. I had to like
1: win <laughs> multiple stages of this. <laughs>
3: Yeah, for some reason we're really big into competitions on this podcast <laughs> and we're very uh Yeah, we're trying to gamify it more. So welcome and honestly good thank luck. Thank we're you. glad you're thank, here. Now I'm
2: scared. Thank you.
3: <laughs> we we talked about this a little bit before we you know, in private before <laughs> we hit record. Um but yeah, what's like what does parks and rec mean to you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's
2: a loaded question, but I guess I'll yeah. start by Like, if I had to create, you know, like you always say, like, create a Mount Rushmore of XYZ, I would say, like, Mm -hmm. on my Mount Rushmore of TV shows that I just love wholeheartedly, uh, Parks and Rec sits up there with actually Mm -hmm. a bunch of other, like, NBC comedy block sister and brother programs. Um, I, I love Parks and Rec because it's just so funny. The cast is so stacked. But there's also so much heart. And it's such, like, an optimistic show that... I started watching from the beginning. Um, I was just kind of ending being in college and you know, there's like all that uncertainty past graduating, and it was just like a nice thing to visit every week and, like just let's check in with Pawnee and like see what, what they're all doing and like they can always they can always rise to whatever they're put up against and, and you know, like Leslie always has a plan A through Z. Like, you know, <laughs> I can I can do it too. And I just I love it so much in that weird little world. I I wish it was real. I wish I could hang out with all of them.
1: I love that idea of the Mount Rushmore of TV shows. I actually haven't heard that before. Uh, It's a big, like, it's a big (laughs) sports
2: thing. Like, if you can make, like, a Mount Rushmore of a league or something. But, like, I I guess I would say, like, I'm a very big fan of the Amy Tina cinematic universe. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the atcu yeah, yes, right yes, yes. <laughs> does that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does that count
1: like does does do their uh joint golden globes hosting count oh, within that cinematic i watch world? those all the time and
2: i just cry laughing like that is just a master class in <laughs> friendship and comedy i don't like i don't know how else you split it
1: i i'm glad you mentioned sports because my dad addressed his town hall voicemail to you as well oh. so we will be playing in this expert Uh-oh. segment just his voicemail all the other ones we can save for outside the expert <laughs> great, segment. but that great. was a good reminder oh boy <laughs> yeah,
3: I think but thank you here. for
1: listening to the pod and thank you for submitting so many so many of the stars in the sky and on our reviews are because of you so thank you <laughs> i'm
2: such a tv head when i when i fall in love with a show or i fall in love with you know, actors, actresses and like through their projects. I make sure all my friends know that they absolutely have to watch it. So, you know, with Parks being so high up on my list, like everyone in my circle knows Leslie Nope, They know how much like I care about the entire show. And, you know, they've all fallen in love with it, too. That... It was a no-brainer it was just being like hey check this out you're gonna love it it wasn't there I swear there's no coercion or bribery or, <laughs> trickery or
1: you visited you visited the Leslie no
2: plaque I believe I did I um I live in the same town where Mike sure grew up and over the summer he dedicated money to re- some sort of park restoration here and they he got naming rights for a promenade, which I don't know what a promenade is, but he got naming rights to it, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god! I wonder like what this could be. Is there going to be like a statue of Amy Puller I can take a picture with, or like a fun gazoinks bow, or uh, <laughs> you know, like a paved walkway with like little quotes, things like I would do if I were a, a Mark Brandanowitz in this situation, and. Mm-hmm. instead it was like a green sign put up above a water fountain in between the men's and women's bathrooms <laughs> with a maintenance truck park next to it and i took a nice selfie it felt like a very like pawnee instance of what would
1: happen to leslie yep. in, in the show Absolutely. would be like she's so excited about her honoring and it, it's like above a urinal yep. <laughs> Um, I felt like a talk show host in that moment, because I was like, I believe you visited a plaque. I read the
3: email. (laughs) I I
1: assume that's how talk show hosts hosts work. Yeah, they have their pre-interview, and then the talk show host is like, so you had a birthday recently, right? Didn't something crazy happen? It felt like like a lie.
2: What if I just pretended like I didn't share that, and I was like, how did you know? Like, wow. How did you see me there? (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I think my favorite uh, of the cast members of Parks and Rec doing late night shows is definitely Aubrey Plaza. Because, like, very few talk show hosts know how to handle her. And, like, if you watch her first few interviews on Ellen specifically... Ellen, like, learns to love her but does not know how to interview her at first and is so confused if it's a bit or if it's her. And everyone should go watch, like, Aubrey Plaza on Late Night, but especially her early Ellen interview. She is just
2: so incredible. Like, you think, oh, April's just the character. And it's like, no, that's Aubrey Plaza, but that's, like, turned down.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She's such a. Yeah, she tones it down for the show. She's such a wild
2: card, though. It <laughs> is. Yeah, you're right. It is very funny.
1: <laughs> you watched Time Capsule, the episode we're talking about this week.
2: I did. I, I watched.
1: And where does this you think? rank in, like. But where does this, like, rank in your, like, overall. You don't have to rank every single episode you've ever watched, of course. Yeah, let's That's start not with the, the first question. one and go to the last one. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, how does this fall? Um.
2: So I would say. This season is probably one of the strongest of the park seasons overall. Um, and within it, Time Capsule is interesting because it's not—I wouldn't say it's one of the heaviest hitters. You—you you know, you're you're stacked. You're stacked in this, especially when you get to like uh, the fight or something with like the gift that launched a thousand gifts of Nick Offerman drunk, like. Bo- head bobbling in a little hat. Um I'm doing it for the listeners
1: who <laughs> yeah, can't see. Steph just got to see spot me on, spot on. Um and if you losers had won, you know I'm gonna stop with this bit. It's gonna I still we're still thankful for each and I every I just like listener. to remind okay, everyone that it's
2: Hannah calling you a loser and not me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's 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 an interesting episode because it's not one of those heavy hitters, but it it is a great piece of the overarching story and kind of like the heart of Mike Scher's storytelling. Uh, in that like we get to spend a lot of time with the residents and, you know, even especially like Kelly and him trying to get his daughter's favorite book into the time capsule. And it, it really just fleshes out the world at like a great point in the series where you get to see like why Leslie's so in- involved and why like the rest of the team gets so involved and like the, the town hall, any episode with the town hall meeting is, is incredible. And the guy that starts like out of mm. the chance, like <laughs> he's always <laughs>
3: the turn of chance. yes,
2: <laughs> Always, always a welcome addition to any episode. And it features, uh, Alison Becker as, uh, Shauna Malway who I read, an interesting piece of trivia, and I don't know if it's true, but I'll just say it like it is.
3: No, this is yeah. say it like we, it's fact. We make up trivia yeah. all the time. Yeah, like yeah. Here. so
2: possibly true fact. Um <laughs> She is like the only uh, non-main character that shows up in every season of the show. Oh, whoa! And,
3: uh, that's a good fact. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was Maybe. like, I think it
2: checks out. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't quickly browse through every episode uh right now, but like I thought, I, yeah, because she's in season yeah. one. Yeah, so. Whoa. Allison Becker, you are an unsung hero of Parks and Recreation.
3: I was thinking too about this episode where there's something. Uh, I like episodes that have like impossible problems. Like while watching this, I, I sort of had the feeling that there's no way that Leslie can solve <laughs> it. Like I think I was real. I really felt in her shoes of being in front of an angry crowd, <laughs> trying to yeah. I uh, think and it
2: has one of my favorite pieces of of kind of like what Leslie does every time. Shauna shows up where she tries to drive the narrative of whatever Shauna's reporting on, and she does like <laughs> yeah. uh, Pawnee cuts the crapsule, no, cuts the crapsule, <laughs> and buries the time capsule. Like those little <laughs> turn of phrase that you know goes back to Gazoinkspo. Like those are things that are burned into my brain and come up like far too often out of context in normal conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, have you ever? Have you ever buried a time capsule of your own self?
2: I was lucky enough to be a child of the turn of the millennium. Yeah. <laughs> Just I was lucky enough to have been a child. And <laughs> yeah. We yeah. We all were, yeah. Uh, but no, I was in like sixth grade in 2000, and my school did a time capsule, and that's all I can tell you about it. I'm sure I drew like a fun picture or wrote some little letter about what it was like to be obsessed with the Spice Girls, but who can say? <laughs>
1: Honestly, any memento from childhood, it turns into some version of a time capsule. My parents recently found uh, letters. I had written them from sleepaway camp. And they're wild. <laughs> wild stuff.
3: My, my dad. this is a, I buried, like, multiple time capsules as a kid like and, like, ones? lost some of them. Personal? Yeah. Like, I have a crush on this person. And that one in particular... It's somewhere around my house, and I have no idea where it okay. is. So I hope
1: first you're out and last there. name. Well, first
4: and yeah. last name. <laughs> my,
3: this isn't a dive castle, but it's just something my dad texted me today that I can't stop laughing about. <laughs> he sent me his report card from first grade, and it, it was a different time in the fifties. <laughs> and the teacher like ranks the students as below average, average, or above average, and average is just like a little V. And my dad had been marked average in every single category.
2: <laughs> consistently
3: consistently. Yeah, he was like, nowhere to go but up or down. Yeah,
2: unless you get someone <laughs> like Hannah that starts you off underneath the average. So he should consider yeah. himself very lucky. He's not in a position <laughs> like I am right now.
1: <laughs> I don't make you work your way for the audience. If you guys could, um, if
2: you guys were in the position of this episode... I was thinking about this myself and I don't know what my answer is, so I'm gonna put it on you before you can put it on me. Yeah.
1: What would be <laughs> Okay, do what it. would be
2: your what would be your like ridiculous suggestion? Like what what's your turnip's ashes in this situation?
3: Mm. That's a really, really good question. <laughs> for the for This the is listeners my podcast I now and I'm
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean maybe like uh
1: would Probably be something with my puppies, my family dog, and my puppy. Not there, no. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> uh, my family dog is 18, and I would probably want like a frame photo of my dog, or I don't even know. <laughs> oh, sorry, Will, I interrupted you.
3: No, 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 that's it. was a very cute interruption, and I think it was. I think it's right, I right <laughs> I think I would try to, uh, I would try to write something that guessed exactly what the future was like. I would make a series of predictions on the off chance that like.
1: Back to the future
2: style.
3: Some of them were. Yeah.
1: We do have that one man with that horrible line that goes, we don't know where we're going to be in 50 years. Like the flu could have all wiped us out. And I was like, this is too scary. It's too scary. (laughs) Well, wasn't it?
2: Uh, it's it's in a later episode, so maybe I won't. Maybe I won't bring it up. Never mind. No, no, this, say is, it. this is a She thinks space. you're a loser, <laughs> yeah.
1: and she wants to spoil the series. For no, Go I want to
2: protect you, and I want you, if you're listening for the first time, not to know. So plug your ears or scoot ahead a little yeah. bit. But didn't it. They predicted yeah. like the Cubs winning the World Series. They did. Oh, yeah, yeah. In 2020. In
3: well, yeah. So, maybe we should be watching wow. the show a little bit more this carefully. This is like a very,
2: yeah. So, this is really like a meta question because it's already happening. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
1: I also think another, before we get to, you know, why you connect to Leslie, I also think another huge, almost like time capsule of this time period is Twilight. Like, I feel like it's such a 2000s. And I like, cause I remember I waited in line at midnight for one of the books. Like, that's where I was and i know there's a lot of Which dis- one gosh i don't even it was probably the third or fourth one just, um, just one i was of with them my now? grandma in colorado <laughs> um i think it was the last one that was why but i i think it's interesting cuz now there's this discussion of like how we view things that young girls like and how we like put it down um and i i like agree with that but at the same time li- like rereading twilight not rereading it but rethinking about it it is just like preaching abstinence and so i think it was really funny like the argument between like uh the very christian lady and the guy who's like it's too christian i feel like people who weren't you know, preteens in that specific time might not understand as much. It felt like a very like time castled episode about Twilight, too, because it really yeah. is like the whole series is like she doesn't want to have sex before she gets married, even if that means she dies first. Um, there's even some like anti-abortion <laughs> themes in the last book. But I just like I'm like, does everyone watch this and understand how big Twilight was or is this like just our age group?
2: I wasn't even really a, what a, a hard
3: Is that? Is, <laughs> I, is that I, the I
1: was fan? not. I'm I was,
3: here for it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was. I'm a Leslie in this situation. Like I was a Harry Potter. I was a Harry Potter a Harry teen.
1: Potter-ger. Listen, so yeah, was I. And
2: but like you know, one of my friends had like a cardboard cutout of Taylor Lautner. So I mean, like I was very close to the. <laughs> I was very close <laughs> to some pretty intense fans that like i get it from that context but you telling me like more specific things about it i'm like oh my god what well, okay so fans,
1: i'm the only one that had a huge reaction to the <laughs> twilight aspect <laughs> of this thing.
3: no i think well, an interesting thing about that book is that it started as fan fiction right is that it was a 50 shades of gray fanfic that then like
1: no 50 shades of gray was the 50 shades of, of gray came from, from twilight, twilight. Oh,
3: thank you Thank you. I thought, I thought we could all make up trivia, <laughs> but I don't have your gift, Steph.
1: That is <laughs> so the thing about Conviction. Twilight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I um, wonder if it, I wish it did go one layer deeper. And, and Twilight was like, you know, was originally written about Gandalf and Frodo. <laughs> and they changed the name again, but I know I'll concede defeat. I've made a mistake and I'd like to apologize. (laughs) You're forgiven. I
1: just think that's a huge aspect of the episode. And I think that it maybe is one of the reasons it feels more dated and less relevant than some of the other episodes in that season. Like that feeling you feel that it's less a heavy hitter. I feel like part of it's the twilight of it. You, You might be right. I mean, like I, I totally
2: understand like relating to my friends that, that loved it. And I can think of someone that like, who's, who loved it so much, like, their dad would go to bat for them to put it in something like a time capsule. But that's where it stops. Like, I'm I'm really loving your... I'm really loving your extra step here of, like, the waiting-in-line person that can really school us on, like, the deeper... Listen, I
1: waited in line for... I I waited. I had my mom mail me the Harry Potter copy as well. I think I, I understand. I, I think the Harry Potter lines is a lot about Leslie Nope, And I agree yep. with that as well. Yep. But I was curious if since you're around our age, if yeah. like that resonated. Um, but it, it also but, makes total
2: sense that all of the adults in the town hall just don't understand to you. Right. Like yeah. even in the moment of them just being like, no, a cat's ashes Except should for be Donna. there instead of this book. Yes, and it makes it makes total sense that Donna just, like, comes out of nowhere as, it. like, 100% all in Robert Pattinson forever. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: I feel like I'm just starting to get into, like, be- because my partner loves YA, tar- like, for teenage girls, I think I'm just starting to read, like, they'll recommend, you know, a topic. And I'll, I've gotten into, like, Rainbow Rowell and, like, these new white authors i don't know but it's yeah maybe i'll put that in the time capsule next to my predictions about (laughs) sports teams winning sports games it's a good combo
1: (laughs) now we had you we're having you on as an expert but i feel like you're just an expert of the show like we are but you also relate to some of personally some of the leslie nope things in in what you do what what do you think is like the biggest way that you feel connected to the show like something you're involved in or another talk show host leading question for you i know their (laughs) stuff
2: (laughs) the question is what which answer am i going to give you like let's hold for suspense
1: i know i saw it in your (laughs) eyes i've read them all so it's really up to you actually
2: um right around the time that i that parks and rec came out um I started as a volunteer staff member in a program called Girls State. And it's put on by the American Legion Auxiliary. It's a nonpartisan educational workshop for high school girls. Every state has one. And basically, it's just to teach them about like the political process and encourage them to become more engaged in civics and local government. And um, we it's like a model UN. We put them in a hypothetical 51st state we divide them into groups that are like uh, state counties and they work on committees and they write legislature and bills based on like their hypothetical town c- scenarios. And you know, they, they come out of it and, and it's like, even if they don't decide from that point on to become like the next Leslie Nope and follow that <laughs> great trajectory into, into local politics and beyond. Um, it's like a great experience for just like empowerment and, learning like we all and especially them as young people control what what happens as as like participating members of civics I know like participating members of of our country and our states and 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 all of that and it's it's been a really meaningful program I've been a part of it for about 12 years and like the parallels to it are just so funny though like we have like really um, Pawnee level scenario. Sometimes like there's one group that always gets stuck with like a bear attack problem and they have to figure out like how to solve (laughs) for the bear attack.
1: In Colorado, there are definitely bear issues. We were, um, a bear came in and ate the bacon from the fridge and left. And there's a whole debate over like what to do with the bear. So to Mm. me, I hear that. And I think that's a very serious. All right.
2: Each state elects, um, two senators. Two boy state centers, two girl state centers. They go to DC and they do it on like the national level, and they get to go to like Capitol Hill, meet with actual representatives, do a lot of um, great like volunteering. They visit soldiers at Walter Reed. They get like a lot, you know, even deeper experience. It's all just like it's it's just very empowering for them, but also like as a staff member for me, just to see like all of these you know, young adults with that just want to make the world a better place. It's just really encouraging.
3: I think I always, I feel like feel that way about summer camps or experiences like that in the same way that we've been talking about with Parks and Rec, where it is, there are enough constraints and you're kind of stepping out of your daily life that it creates more space to to try to be a different kind of person and also like be more idealistic and be more I, yeah, I just have such a fondness for, like, those sorts of experiences from my past. Very, and I think that's so cool to have, that, that you're still, you have, like, you know, you're still having those encounters with, it, like, it teenagers. It kind is of like so a wonderful. safety
2: net to say, like, you only have mm-hmm. this week to do this. So throw yourself into it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen to you? And, like, do
1: a bear. Yeah, a
2: true. mythical bear <laughs> is going to come out of the bushes. But we have that. We're taking care of that through our legislation. So we're okay on that front. <laughs> but like you know what I mean like here's your here's a week for you to 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 try something new or tap into a part of you that you're you know maybe you're more self-conscious about at home in like your normal high school environment and we see so many of them like take that opportunity and that's what I love the most about it
1: well that's wonderful thank you for sharing that with our listeners I hope, still listeners, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope you, she's won you over after I called you a loser to her winning raffle too many times. Um Before we w- let you go, uh my dad addressed his voicemail to all three of us. So I want to do the honor of playing it with you wow. here. So if you don't mind taking one town hall from my dad in an episode filled with town halls, we would uh, <laughs> love that.
2: It is my honor.
1: Here's my dad's voicemail.
5: Hey Hannah, Will and special lottery guest appear. Uh sports guy dad here. Uh very interesting comments about uh Oklahoma quarterbacks last week with Zeke. Uh Yes, it's true, Jalen Hurts isn't really from Oklahoma since he played more at Alabama. I think he's going to be the best quarterback amongst them, but between Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, and he's a great baseball player. Anyway, time capsule this week, Uh, and tomorrow is Hannah's birthday, tomorrow when this airs, and everybody knows on Hannah's mother's birthday, which was last week, she shares her birthday with Michael Jordan, Will and Hannah, and special guest. Hannah shares a birthday with a sort of a sports figure who's, who's related in some way to Michael Jordan. Do you know who that is? Let me know. <laughs> time capsule we'll talk to you i've seen this episode when it originally aired i want to say just to show you that i'm not just a sports guy
1: (laughs) i love you dad so my birthday is february 24th which is the day after this is released (laughs) what famous sports or sports adjacent person do you believe uh i share a birthday with i won't google it i'll do the honor of not googling it Special guests, you were particularly, like, specifically brought into this voicemail, so we'd like you to guess as well. well I'm, I'm going to build my
2: goodwill here by saying "Happy Birthday" before I <laughs> before you. I get it wrong, so we'll even it out.
4: <laughs>
2: oh my gosh! Uh, sports person or sports adjacent person—that's <laughs> literally anyone.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who do you think was born? On February twenty fourth,
3: I my gu- my guess to set the bar, Steph. If you want it, my guess is Michael's co-star Bugs. Hmm.
1: Bugs Bunny is Will's <laughs> guess.
3: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So wow. the bar has been set.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So we're in like Space Jam territory.
3: Yeah. But that's wrong. So
2: <laughs> I would also just like to guess someone from Space Jam though. Um, I would I
1: for my birthday, can I be the one that Googles? I am so confused. <laughs> yeah, are you Googling? I'm do that stuff are you, well, you Googling, Googling Space the, Jam or see, the uh, answer? I'm gonna no, I'm gonna go February twenty-fourth, birthday.
2: Ah, I feel like it's too Birthdays. I feel like it's too close to be what the answer is, but I would say Scotty Pippen.
3: I think that's a really, well, really good
1: guess. Well I found a sports guy. Well, I found a lot wait. I don't know. There are a lot of people that was born on February twenty fourth.
2: <laughs> An answer I know is right Floyd is that it's Mary also weather,
1: isn't he a my cousin's birthday? So is it my cousin? Is that the answer? It's definitely <laughs> Steph's cousin is the right answer. Well yeah, because um, your
3: cousin is sports adjacent, right? He either played sports or knew someone who played sports growing up, your cousin? I believe they. she has watched <laughs> sports <laughs> on <Is> TV. Steve <laughs> Jobs
1: <laughs> sports adjacent?
3: Who? That counts, yeah. Who's
1: Okay. So uh, the answer I'm going to go with, yes, I saw some great Google answers. I'm going to go with Steph's cousin. As well. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what your dad was <laughs> thinking of. I think of. my dad's definitely thinking of Steph's cousin. Um thank you so much for answering a sports guy's dad question. Oh, that was I think that
2: might I'm sorry to you guys, but that was the pinnacle of this experience.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad it is for most people.
3: Before before we, you know, bid you a very thankful farewell, uh, are th- is there anything you want to ask us? Do you have any questions for Hannah? Right,
1: you've been a great expert segment, by the yeah. way. I, I, you, you sound like a pro. You've won me over after calling the <laughs> audience losers. That's my memory of what happened. Okay, I'm glad we're. I'm glad
2: we're on the same timeline as far as how those events unfurled. For sure, definitely, <laughs> definitely didn't happen any other way. Definitely, that's how I have it. Happened. Um, yeah. Any questions for us? I, I guess like since we're in season 3 right now, right?
1: Season 3 episode Okay, three. so
2: we you guys are fresh off of season 2. What would you pick as the star of season 2 in terms of episodes?
1: Oh, season 2. God, I left that in the dust. Um
2: <laughs> it's over. Who cares? I mean, I
1: think I think Master Plan is a pretty pivotal turning. It's a very big pivot. It's like we get we get Adam Scott and Chris Traeger in. I used one of each. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it really like throws away what the plan for the show was. So, off the bat, but I want to let me look at a list. <laughs> Two parks and rec. Cause that's just like without, without doing any Googling, that was my, oh, summer catalog. Oof! that yeah. one's a sweet, it's That's that a sweet or one. summer cano- catalog i'll be honest i just like love summer catalog i just love how it just lets april and andy just like develop i love like the former parks department directors because it doesn't it doesn't feel like they dominate it still feels like our main cast gets to play but they're yep. just like set the stage for why leslie is so special So, uh, for me, it's between Summer Catalog and Master Plan.
3: I think, for me, it's the last 10 seconds of Kaboom, (laughs) which just feels like such an off-the-wall, like, (laughs) such, like, (laughs) it just makes me laugh out loud every single time. And I'm just delighted by a show that chooses to end an episode that way, where it, like, doesn't matter, we never come back, it's just like. Pure joy and chaos. That is, those are
2: both like excellent, those are both excellent choices. I would
1: What is your favorite episode too? Oh episode? no, no, I have to Google a list of everything that's on season two. <laughs> oh no, you don't have to. You don't have to. I'm I I didn't mean to. No, nope, it's happening. Listen, it's happening. the talk show host didn't prep you for this. <laughs> it, it wasn't prepared.
2: Oh, well, alright. Now I'm looking at it and it it feels very um It feels very obvious to me, but Valentine's Day.
1: Oh,
4: just mm. the notion of
2: Valentine's yeah. Day, and like now it's actually a thing. I've actually begun celebrating Valentine's Day with my friends.
4: <laughs> spin-off <laughs> after spin-off <laughs>
2: like
1: they really created like an an actual Day? Fal- Valentine's, Valentine's? Yes. Steph yes. Steph Day.
4: Valentine's
3: stuff. Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> oh, I get it. Because your last name is Fallon. I I was like, is that like for fellows? Yes. I forgot your last name was Fallon.
3: Well, stuff. How, we, how do we celebrate that next year if we want to celebrate Found?
1: It Day? started as my friend was pretty
2: bummed about like a particular Valentine's Day, and I said, "Well, you can celebrate me instead." And so I took like <laughs> pictures from my from my Facebook and photoshopped them into little like greetings, and it has spiraled out of control to where my friends are requesting personalized ones, and now <laughs> I spend like weeks creating like elaborately photos, like hastily photoshopped images for, like, a big reveal on February 14th. And really, the main tenants are uh, having fun, being nice to people, eating a pizza or, like, a fun snack of your choice, and, like, stupid-looking pictures of myself photoshopped into, like, movies and TV shows.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's great.
2: I'd like to put it on the record here that Jimmy Fallon does celebrate Valentine's Day, but is not aware I created it first. So... (laughs)
1: Wow, <laughs> there's an underlying
3: Another Jimmy little Fallon, piece of trivia If you're
2: listening, you yeah, right now know
1: There's an underlying <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he's listening to this expert segment um, Thank you so much for taking the time To come chat with us And congratulations for winning the raffle uh, I think every listener listening Is also a winner for getting to listen to you So that was,
2: yeah, that was a nice way to spin that at the end to save yourself. Hannah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's, it's been really great uh, being able to sit in on the pod. I can't wait for more
3: episodes.
1: Raffle winner, Steph, everyone.
3: So, wow, what a treat. So sweet. Um, that's <laughs> sweet is a word like nice, which is not, <laughs> not a good description. Um, I had such a great conversation. In this with them.
1: episode, Andy, Nice and Band wins him back a chance at his girl. So let's not shit on Nice during this episode You're right. recap. You're
3: right. Yeah. I'm not I might not shit on anything this episode. You know. This is a no this is a no shitting on space for me today. Um
1: Now you you got a taste of the episode from that segment, but we're still going to break down the A and B story for you. If you listen to that and you weren't able to watch it on Peacock, you're probably like Twilight time capsules. Say what? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a taste of what they're feeling.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're really putting ourselves in your shoes. Um, yeah, so let's let's dive, let's dig this episode back out of our backyard and get into it. Um, it starts with it starts with the time capsule. It's like, what is this episode called? The writers show you immediately.
1: And what is the A story? It is the time, the time capsule. capsule. It's all an A story. I would say the B story is probably Andy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy's so Andy's love. A. Um I I think I think uh it's a great cold open. We get what everyone is gonna put into the time capsule, which means that we get a joke. For all of our all of our favorite characters, you know, we get Jerry's diary. We get we get a
1: his mother's his diary.
3: mother's diary. Um, we get a great a great picture of Tom's girlfriend with a mustache, cruel cyberbullying in an analog way.
1: I thought this was actually like a pretty funny Tom line <laughs> saying. When you're the guy, you can just say, oh, she was crazy because it's almost a self-aware thing of like she wasn't, but I'm insecure. So (laughs) because I don't know why she broke up with me, I get to just say she's crazy because she's, you know, because I'm the guy. Um, Leslie's written an entire book to put in the time capsule for Pawnee.
3: We got, oh, there's also, it just feels like this episode in the cold open is just packed with jokes, which is really fun. And and later in the town hall, we just get, like, some great goofs, I think. But I love when Leslie lists all of the, like, the past slogans slogans for the town. It's just, yeah.
1: Home of the famous, oh, what lawsuit?
3: The Julia Roberts lawsuit.
1: (laughs) The Julia Roberts lawsuit when they said... It was Julia Roberts' birthplace. The runner of, like, it, welcoming... German will welcome n- Germans, shoulder <laughs> soldiers, yeah, it's all the different...
3: I just love... iteration. I love that idea of, like, Pawnee for almost, for you know, 80 years <laughs> has just, like, assumed that it's over as soon as any war has started. Um, is a fun... It's just a fun runner. Um, and a thing to pay attention to in this episode is Eduardo's grasp of the English language. Because in this moment he's understanding pretty much nothing. He hasn't he hasn't spoken any English. Um but this episode is about how quickly he can learn a second language. For me. I-
1: Eduardo, genius?
3: <laughs> yeah. That 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 was the same energy as like Leslie pitching uh headlines to people. <laughs> Headline, Eduardo. Is he a genius?
1: I love how simple the um the sort of start of the story is all they want to do. It's they start with a time card that says Wednesday. Mm -hmm. All they want to do is bury a time capsule that encapsulates the town. And that is the entire, we go through the week of them trying to do this simple task. Mm -hmm. We go from Wednesday to Saturday. That's, you know, we, we don't usually, you know, not every episode has a time card of what day it is. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I definitely took note of like, okay, we're, we're just being shown a week in the life of this job, mm-hmm.
3: and I think it, in a really nice Parks and Rec fashion, it like is, it really seems like this could just be an easy thing, you know, and it, there doesn't need to be drama. Or it's just like, let's just bury the time capsule, but not nope. in the town of Pawnee.
1: Will Forte, <laughs> Forte's his way into the picture. <laughs> we also get like we talked about with Steph, Sean and Mom, Way, Tweet decides to do a story, and I love you know the. Leslie gives a lot of uh, weight to all the papers in Pawnee. But the fact that the paper is doing a story on just like the parks department bearing a time capsule is a good reminder that these, you know, these aren't major newspapers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's been a slow news year. Probably (laughs) not a lot. The 24 hour news cycle hasn't hasn't hit Pawnee yet. Um, Right. Or if it has, it's very repetitive. (laughs) But we, yeah, we uh after getting, you know, we don't recap the title sequence, but every once in a while, just as a reminder, beautiful snapshot of the town of Pawnee. Um and then yeah, Will Forte pretty, pretty quickly has locked himself to a radiator in Leslie Nope's office in order to bury Twilight inside of the time capsule.
1: And this just a lot of great references to Twilight because the a and the b story really i guess no more like the a and the c story if the c story is that tom has been broken up with with went by wendy mm-hmm. and is is reeling from his breakup and we have this man come in and present twilight and the love story of twilight which tom really you know, clings on to. He gets really into Twilight, and we just we get a lot of Twilight references. If you're a Twihard, like we said, we get um, you know, discussions about the Volturi, about if 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 Bella should have been turned into a vampire. You know, just a lot of Twilight specifics as this man is um handcuffed to a radiator and helping Tom through a breakup through the Twilight book.
3: One of my one of my favorite lines of Parks and Rec is when Will Forte is like recapping the entire series and the life of Stephanie Myers for Leslie, and he just says, "We slowly pan up over a mossy log to see a deer drinking crystal clear water." (laughs) It's just.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing: for anyone who went to the midnight showing of the first Twilight movie, Mm -hmm. even if maybe you were disappointed after, um. You remember that first shot. It's really, I feel like, I feel like some people are going to watch and be like, oh, this is funny. Like a lot of Twilight facts or, oh, wow. He was so specific about the deer. But I listen and I'm like, I remember that shot. And I remember being like like that age in a theater with friends and being like, here it goes. Like.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we actually, we have a rare, I think this only happened once before in podcasts, I was going to say Pony public radio history, but I'll say it in podcast history. We kind of have two expert segments during this episode because we talked to Steph and then, you know, Twilight incredibly well. You know, I think we have a second expert in the house right now.
1: See, I feel like I don't know that that's true. <laughs> I feel like I just... I mean, maybe. I mean, my opinion has definitely changed over time. Mm. And it's not because, like I said with Steph, it's, you know, I understand, like, we always shit on things young girls love. And so people now are like, oh, people shit on Twilight because young women love it. And I think we shouldn't do that as a society. At the same time, I think I've realized since then that maybe like Leslie, I'm just more of a Harry Potter girl. Uh, I think there was <laughs> just, just a point in the book where I'm like, why is everything about whether or not she's going to have sex with him before marriage? This feels like a lot. And then if you look into (laughs) Stephanie Meyer, she has those sort of religious beliefs. And then in the last book, you know, it's this this whole metaphor of like the baby is killing her, but like, she's like, it's don't say fetus, say baby. There's just a lot of heavy handed things that I, no matter what your opinion is (laughs) on these issues, I think we can at least find a middle ground if there's some stuff and beliefs that I maybe didn't realize when I was reading it the first time. I guess maybe (laughs) expert would be correct. Fans still questionable. I'm having like the entire Twilight debate they had at this town, (laughs) this city council, but just by myself.
3: Yeah, you're you're alone in the town hall space. You're standing up. You're like running back and forth to different sides of the room I'm to have the argument like, But with on the yourself. one
1: hand, yeah, I'm both the guy that thinks it's too Christian. <laughs> yeah, I'm everybody yeah. in that town hall essentially about Twilight.
3: It is. You brought this up when we were talking to Steph, but it is fun having something that uh, that was like so zeitgeisty when this episode it was. came out. You know, like I think that, and is, it's not yeah.
1: anymore. Yeah.
3: Yeah, really, really just uh, so fun. And I and I think it's, I, I also just, I love watching, um, it's fun watching Tom, like, love this book. Like, I think when we see him, it's fun seeing him be, like, genuine and earnest about this thing. Because um, I think we don't, it's a nice way to, like, still have it be, like, a gag and a joke. But yeah. both
1: the gag and him trying to understand his breakup. Like, we get to see Lucy at the end. And this is, again, skipping forward mm-hmm. a little on the C story, but that's fine. And he's like, did you break up with me because I'm not cool enough? Like the non-vampires to the vampires? Or is it an <laughs> Edward, Bella, Jacob situation? He's just so earnest. And she's like, it's not about Twilight, dude. It's that you still have conflicted feelings about Ron dating Wendy without taking me into consideration and the cool girlfriend you have, which is a very fair way, you know, a very Mm -hmm. non crazy reason to have been broken up with. Um, But uh, yeah, he gets just really earnest about it. Um, And meanwhile, the guy who brought in Twilight to put in the time capsule, Leslie figures out it's because he wants to connect with his daughter after divorce. So I feel like the, the heightened silliness is grounded by a like, both situations,
3: mm-hmm. and and I think it it is like it's a thing that we have talked a lot about, which is like what what happens when a story starts meaning something really specific to you, you know, where it's like the the reason that Kelly Will Forte's character handcuffs him, you know, goes to these extreme measures is because he is feeling disconnected from his daughter, and I think in talking to Steph and in, in the way that we've talked about it, like Parks and Rec, I think fills that fills that space for a lot of people, you know, being like, I was feeling really low and parks and rec cheered me up or Mm -hmm. it was, Mm -hmm. you know, would
1: you get pop culture within pop culture?
3: Would you lock yourself to a radiator for parks and rec?
1: (laughs) I don't know where he peed. (laughs) I thought about this a lot. I'm like, where is he using the bathroom?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that would, that would also probably be a part of my consideration. Um,
1: That's a huge thing. I mean, he (laughs) brought tea. He's got a, urinate at some point um but essentially leslie at first i think a great line is she just she's, she's just trying ways to get him to unhandcuff himself and i love the line like you can't scare me with your stormtrooper and it's just this <laughs> one city uh city hall uh security, security guard. guard yeah what is, oh what is his name it's something like stanley or it's something like yeah, he goes, you muscle, like your muscle headed stormtrooper isn't going to scare me. And it's a an, uh, handsome older gentleman named Artie, <laughs> who is the uh, City Hall security man. And I just, I, the whole scene is very fun. But essentially what ends up happening is she agrees to put, she wants to put Twilight in the time capsule, but she doesn't want any anytime someone wants something, they come into her office. Handcuff themselves, thinking that that's how it's going to work. I think, like you know, Ben suggests that that's a bad idea for that reason. And Ben, I think, is mm-hmm. sort of lightly sprinkled throughout the episode. And I wish there was more of him, but I do like that he's sort of observing what a week in Pawnee is like, and then helping mm-hmm. at the end. Like he, w- yeah, we see, he's still okay, he's still new in town.
3: Is, this black cat rolls new- in.
1: Two black hats, shaking things up. Um, wait, is Chris Traeger? Yes, he's with Andy in this story. Yes. So, yeah. yeah so, basically, instead of just giving into Twilight, Leslie decides to host a city hall so that she can essentially have anyone who want pitch their ideas and include Twilight.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it goes perfectly, the end.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the remaining 15 minutes are are just spent watching Andy dig a hole, <laughs> yep, yeah it, it people don't all agree i also a thing that I love about another thing I love about Will Forte's character that I strongly relate to is that with that security guard when his response is to just like really freak out, and I'm really glad that that works, like I think even if I would like to think otherwise in a high like a high tension situation, I think that would probably be <laughs> be like my my response to. Um yeah we get uh the town really the town really shows up um and I think maybe is this Ben's first town hall? I think in a way it's his introduction to the yeah. town. Um
1: Leslie's excited, Ron is not excited to do it. I think we get everyone's perspective on the town.
3: We get a wonderful callback to a town hall speak pipe message that we received months ago about turnout. Yes. <laughs> so
1: I thought about that I was like, there's the turnip
3: it finally that paid off,
1: both a little confused about but knew it was probably a
4: reference,
3: yeah, just the tone anytime someone chants it's a good there's a good chance that it that it connects to a town hall message um yeah uh people people disagree about what should go in this in this time capsule, and I, the show is always doing this where it's like a way to think about you know. Democracy, and actually ask pretty big questions about like what does freedom look like? How do you like you know like when I say, you know, I'm proud to be an American, I maybe wouldn't say that, but but like that can mean so many different things to so many different people, you know, so I think being like, like what right. does it mean to be in Pawnee right now it it is a fun way of asking kind of like a serious question, I think about uh yeah, being a member of a friggin' community, right?
1: I love how she starts off by saying, so let's not do like any uh, like religious items or anything like super political or something. And someone goes, how about the Bible? It's <laughs> like immediately where we start.
3: Yeah, um, which is like the place that it feels like in, you know, in this country, like political conversations can start in that, where it's like, okay, a civil discourse. And then just like, a bunch of people with wrenches <laughs> ready to throw it in, and it
1: everything spirals out of control. I mean, we end up with like ten different time capsules for people's cats' ashes, for uh, you know, personal items <laughs> versus religious items. Versus, I mean, there's just so many time capsules and so many opinions on Twilight. But I already acted out all the opinions on <laughs> Twilight.
3: On my own. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's just cool seeing people <laughs> we've talked about. It's not, these aren't all cool people, but, but I've seen people be like passionate about all these different things and be so like laser focused. that That's the only thing they can think to put in the time. Capsule. We deal
1: with Marshall Langley again. Yeah. She's always one fun. of my top,
3: another top favorite featured. The
1: Karen of Parks and Rec <laughs> essentially.
3: We haven't met her husband yet. Have we?
1: Marshall? Uh, I don't I th- think we have yet. Yeah. Um, Marsha and and Marshall Langman. Uh, Very, a very fun, uh, a fun uh, commentary duo. Mm
3: -hmm. This also, I mean, it feels like it's, we see, I think Leslie, you know, is always trying to problem solve and like accommodate and kind of like middle of the road, you know, uh, position, and that just does not work <laughs> like it's a it's a situation where compromise is impossible and not what anyone wants,
1: <laughs> but again, Ben, who's been the sort of observer this episode, you know when when the guy's handcuffed to the Leslie's office, Ben has a great line of Oh, that again, like is this what happens? <laughs> um and Ben, at the end of the town hall, when they're sort of taking they're about to take a break because they think there's no solution. Goes, you know what? You know, I, it's not that everyone here is right or even completely sane, but everyone's so passionate. And I've been to a lot of towns, but the people here are passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Leslie's dirty talk is just someone complimenting Pawnee. So <laughs> this is good for their romance as well. I just like that it's Ben who um, ultimately makes the observation that leads Les- Leslie to the idea that they should just put in the time capsule, a recording of the town
3: hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I think we, as we talk about their love story, it is a reminder that like for, for a relationship between Ben and Leslie to work, he has to, he has to also fall in love with Pawnee. It's kind of like, it's, it's the cliche right. of what people say about Cause when yeah. he
1: started, he was like, your town's not special. This is like every other town. Mm-hmm. And now more and more, he's like, This town is special. And I love when he admits finally, spoiler alert. (laughs) So do not listen if you're not spoiled. When he finally admits to being in love with her, he goes, I think the town has pretty blonde hair. Like very intentionally, he Mm -hmm. lets her know he likes her by talking about, quote unquote, the town, which is really now him admitting he likes her. But I think it's it it Mm -hmm. makes sense that he does that because this whole time it's like she's Pawnee. And mm-hmm. she's, her, you know, he falls in love with the the town and with her. Um, and yeah, I even love at the final reveal, she goes, except for a part in the middle that Jerry couldn't film. A man named Jerry Gurgich. <laughs> I thought this was a funny <laughs> use of the Jerry joke. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. the A story in a nut. In a time capsule a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the yeah, B gotten, story is, is Andy... Our girl Andy Dwyer, is hanging out with Chris at the shoe shine stand, and he's kind of letting Chris know he wants to win April back. and April is with Eduardo, and Anne is meanwhile nervous that Chris is hanging out with her ex-boyfriend, even just at city hall. so it's a real a, a lots of lots of drama love.
3: Yeah, an oct- at least a hexagon, I think, of lines, at least a love hexagon. Um, but Chris gives Andy pretty good advice of like, you know, list the things that, that are good, you know, your strengths and then use those to win April back.
1: Reasons she liked you before. Yeah.
3: And it's kind of, I mean, we
1: list nice, nice and and banned,
3: which are, are both true and are two of the best things about him. Um, and I, I like that we watch, we see him at the beginning, like try on being a bully and he's not good at it. Like, I like that we get him. You know, we have the line about him burying Eduardo in the time capsule, um, which again I really relate to recording from a time capsule in the backyard right now. Um, got it. You know, rule of sevens. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris, Andy, nice band. Andy does it. He finds Eduardo in the in the little courtyard. He leads with nice. He follows up with band. It's a real one to hit. And uh, they really hit it off. And at this point, we, we warned you <laughs> to keep an eye on Eduardo. And he's been doing Duolingo nonstop and has. Uh,
1: it's really hard to listen <laughs> to. Like, I've listened to Spanish music and I can kind of speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's hard to listen to music and understand the lyrics in another language. But the fact that Eduardo is listening to music, April likes and understanding that it's sad is pretty impressive.
3: Yeah. Well, cuz
1: that means he's understanding enough of the lyrics.
3: Do you think The Smiths? Do you think The Smiths taught him, do you think he learned English from The Smiths?
1: Probably. And Mouse Rat, which is the CD that Andy gives him.
3: It's interesting to me that he already he knows that he loves Dave Matthews band. Um Yes. Before he before he speaks English. So I'm wondering if that music is just like. He lets it wash over him. Um.
1: Whatever it is. He starts jamming out with Andy. Instead of hanging out with April. I mean he really. Bef- Andy befriends him. And we learn that. Eduardo's purpose. Which we kind of may have <laughs> suspected. Was really just April. Wanting to make Andy jealous. And as soon as he. Wasn't upset by Eduardo, but had befriended him. She no longer was interested in that relationship and let him go.
3: Yeah. Which which leaves us... Much like at- the
1: Volturi let go, <laughs> Edward and Bella and their crew once they realized... That's a good point. You know, Bella had been turned Yeah, as they wanted.
3: And now it's up to Andy... Like Bella's baby to, I think, eat his way out of a womb.
1: Maybe <laughs> I don't quite. I, there are people. Some people parts.
3: fainted in theaters. It was like <laughs> I think that there's a scene in the Twilight movies that just had very visceral effects. And I,
1: yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's and then we get um. And we get a really sweet Anne and Chris moment where Chris says that Andy has told him. How great Anne is and that he shouldn't let her go, which is a nice ribbon on the Anne-Andy relationship, which obviously we started the series in, fell apart. We had Andy pursuing her for quite a bit. Then we had sort of a sad pivot away where Anne still, you know, during the Mark days, you know, kind of tapped back in and said, should I have, could I have? And we have Andy saying, I love you. You're great. And I'm going to tell that to the next guy you're with. I think it's, it's, yeah. I think it's a good, I think it's a good ribbon on their whole saga.
3: Yeah. And it's in the, it kind of cleans it up in a way where we, we get movement back towards Andy and April with their kind of final line where April admits that, you know, Eduardo was just around to make Andy jealous and to make his life worse. So we get, there's a glimmer of hope there. And then we also have... But we yeah. ju-
1: it's like a nice conclusion to they had just kissed. Mm. I mean, and we get this moment of like, you know, I'm going to say nice things about you. I think you're great. And I root for you in the next relationship. I'm not going to do anything to mess up your future things. I'm not putting pictures of you at the shoeshine stand anymore. Right. I've moved on <laughs> and so have you. Well,
3: it's, yeah, it's also like Andy Andy loving April and being nice is is good for everyone. Like he's being nicer to Anne too.
1: Also, it's, maybe it's a little wink-wink of the writers being like, this is the core of this person. Don't overthink mm-hmm. it. Don't podcast about it for four <laughs> hours. You know, he's just nice and bang. Okay,
3: message received. Yeah. <laughs> I have no more thoughts about Andy. <laughs> uh,
1: we end with a beautiful shot of a deer drinking water from a crystal clear pond. That's right. They've brought Twilight uh, the movie as a way for Kelly, the Will Arnett's character, to bond with his daughter. And we get a very funny bit of of Tom so into Twilight at this point that he's sort of shushing Will Arnett, who's there <laughs> with his daughter. It's you know, it's a full circle. Twilight heavy Twilight essentially is the main guest star of this episode.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I give it I give it two two vampires way up.
1: I give it a vampire and a werewolf
3: representation. Yeah. Um, important.
1: Listen, it's, it's really, it's, uh, it, it, it does this episode. I mean, Steph talked about how it's maybe not as much of a heavy hitter in season three. I don't know if part of that is that some of our main characters are take a back seat. You know, we have Ron who's, you know, more of a side character. This episode, we have, um uh, Adam Scott is now stepping back a little bit, so we have our main crew a little bit less heavy to to you know in order to mm-hmm. feature this guest star, and also maybe combined with the uh, outdated feeling of tw- the Twilight phenomenon. <laughs> I think those two things for me maybe it is, you know is why I can relate to what Steph's feeling. But overall, I think it's a really fun episode.
3: Yeah, yeah. I had a blast. Should we hear what other people think about it? Should we bring them in? Our town sure. our town hall?
1: Yeah, let's start with um, number 175, Connor Young.
0: Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Connor Young calling in from the Arctic Circle, but actually Dallas, though it feels like the Arctic Circle. So doing this rewatch, I kind of have a hot take, and that's that Wendy is the worst recurring character in the series. Um, this is not like a slash on the actress that plays Wendy, she does a great job, but more the writers and what they've done with the character of Wendy. I feel like I always forget that Wendy is in any episode that she's in, even this one I watched and then I almost forgot that she was in it, because they really give the character nothing to work with. I feel like Wendy is more of a concept in the series, just something that plot points are based around, like in this episode, Tom doesn't like that Wendy is dating Ron and that's why he breaks up with her, Lucy breaks up with him. And I feel like her character really never evolves into anything throughout the whole series. Like, she shows up in episodes, but she really is never a part of the episodes, If that makes any sense at all. I don't know if this is a hot take or kind of a common take, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this matter. Thank
3: you. That's a great take. Um, Thank you for calling calling in, in. first and
1: foremost. um, I know, first and foremost, uh, we hope you're doing all right in Dallas, and anyone listening from Texas, we hope you are... um, safe and finding a way to stay warm and i you know we hope you have your water and power back uh if you are in texas and you're you can always call the 211 line there's a lot of local resources down there but we're really sending our love to all the folks in texas including you connor young mm. um yeah we hope you are all doing okay
3: yeah i i think that's a i think that's a good hot i think that's a, a boiling take connor but i i think you're honest. Me. i mean i also it's like she is often, uh, yeah, more and more she's, she's just sort of used to create tension with Tom's character, I think. Um, I was trying to think of my, my favorite episode with her, I think, is that when Anne throws the party and we see her and Tom. Um,
1: As a couple, not couple. Yeah, the Halloween. Yeah. Party. I also like, um, I found it very old school and in Mark's office looking over blueprints when Wendy is next to uh, Ron, when they're doing the time capsule, Hmm. it sort of feels like it's the middle of the workday. They're doing a time (laughs) capsule. Why is Ron's girlfriend there in the office watching this happen? I guess it just felt like, why is Wendy there in the middle of the workday, except (laughs) to uh, kind of uh, start or explain the Tom Mm storyline. So I can see in that way, how she feels like a plot point only because I'm like, why is she there?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that Why is
1: Wendy there? That
3: is such a fun "what if" where, like,
1: she's a surgeon, right? Doesn't
3: she? you <laughs> has have to do? But I think, I mean, in a way, it's like Andy. Andy's character could have been like a Wendy to Anne, you know, like a way for us to get to know Anne's character, and then he could have gone away and didn't like need to be a part of the second season. And it's interesting to think what tweaks would have made Wendy a character that could sort of stand up on her own right, instead of just being defined, like Connor was saying, by her relationship to Tom and, and creating tension that way. Um,
1: and then Ron, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah I, th- I think that's a really, uh, yeah. It
1: also, there is an aspect of her placement that I feel like sometimes makes Ron seem insensitive. I think we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but it's not that he can't date her. Um, you know, Tom, Tom has no, ownership over Wendy, but it is weird how often it's sort of thrown in Tom's face almost yeah. with no consideration Um, well, that there might be awkwardness there. Yeah,
3: it's kind of like a lack of... I feel like we talked about with Ron, you know, he slowly grows in emotional intelligence. <laughs> I think Zeke brought up something about that during the last episode, but...
1: Yeah. But it is... Well, spoiler alert, the Wendy stuff will explode next episode and we will finally... Um, pour some maple syrup
3: (laughs) on the window
1: (laughs) on Anna and call it a day on Wendy. But thank you so much for calling in Connor. And again, please stay warm and safe in Texas to our, our Texas listeners. Our next call is from across the world. Let's hear from Davey. Number one seventy six.
4: Hey, Will and Hannah. Hope you're doing well. My name's Davey. Last name Connor, of course, calling from Australia. First thing, I was listening off and on until recently, and Hannah, you really got me with the deal or no deal gag. I was like, what did I miss? I thought it must have been some kind of uh, big deal because you never even mentioned any of the other shows you'd been on. So I got so confused that I actually Googled Hannah Shapiro, deal or no deal, and as you can imagine, it wasn't helpful at all. Second thing, I want to just fawn over Chris Pratt for a moment. Uh, In this episode, the way that he said, I'm nice, just made me laugh so hard. And then I thought about it, and like that line on paper isn't inherently funny at all. And I don't understand how he does it, essentially. Do you guys have any little things from the show that you find very funny and you don't know why? Anyway, thanks. Love the show,
1: and bye. Thank you, Davey. First of all, I'm so sorry for the confusion. Zeke also texted me after he came on as a guest host and was like, wait, is there a reason for the Deal or No Deal thing? I like how he didn't question it during it. Uh, it's a reference to Parks and Rec when Andy auditions for Deal or No Deal and Survivor, and he does sort of like a wildernessy fish rip in half, and you think he's going to say Survivor, but he says, and this is my audition tape for Deal or No Deal. Uh, But I'm so sorry that it duped you. Uh, I hope we can all laugh about it together uh, now. But uh, I think my favorite line of like, how is this funny? But it's just so funny is like the guy who is at the town hall who doesn't have anything to put in the time capsule. He's just scared and he wants to share. (laughs) It's just it's he just goes, I don't I'm just scared. It's just such a good this is a, such an offbeat moment <laughs> that I really enjoy. This
3: is a this is a moment in an episode right around the corner, but there's a moment when when the line on paper would just have read "ouch, my fingies," and I think uh, Tom really sells yeah. it. Yeah, so for me, it's that "ouch, my fingies" yeah, and how line. Does <laughs> Chris
1: Pratt do it? Um, Chris Pratt, who's probably listening, just like everyone who we assume is listening. Whenever we bring them up, uh, <laughs> he will uh, call in soon and let us know. Uh, thank you so much, Davey, for calling in. Uh, see you soon in Australia. I, I, I'm not actually headed there. I just <laughs> hope to go back at some point. All right. Uh, let's listen to our last voicemail, number 177 Anonymous.
4: Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. Love last week's podcast with Zeke. I'm excited to hear, listen to this week's podcast with your lottery winner. Uh, I enjoyed this uh, episode, Time Capsule. My favorite parts are the parts with Andy in them. He's just emerged as such a great character. Uh, uh, So I'm interested to hear what your favorite scenes in this. Uh, Episode R I also want to Wish Hannah a happy Birthday because this Podcast will air the day Before her birthday So happy birthday Hannah
1: Thanks mom Gosh they're really making sure people know I'm (laughs)
3: aging Yeah every year (laughs) Uh,
1: Favorite Thank you so much Favorite scene Or scenes from this episode
3: This might be a combo answer to both Davey and your mother. But I think one of my favorite moments is there's a little uh, Chris Pratt's little walk in those fancy running shoes. when He just like does like a monkey impression. And it's very fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, This is tough. Uh, Definitely tough. I think I like when Donna says that Edward would dump (laughs) Bella if she ever met him. I feel like it really encapsulates Donna, her relationship to pop culture, and again, is just like a classic Twilight reference that only someone <laughs> who, you know, interacted with that series could fully love. So I think that's my favorite moment is the Donna line. Um Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much, Mom, for calling in. And remember, if you want to call in, we're at speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio. We actually do have emails today. If you want to email us, go to townhall at pawneepublicradio.com. We have a few emails, so let's get to it, starting with Manu Mishra.
3: So Manu has a season three previously on theory, and they say, Will and Hannah, Hello. Hoping the fact that this male has no voice doesn't mean you won't get to this. But I have to rest my pipes for my own podcast. No plugs, no worries, and a quick hello to fellow Chicagoan Will. Hey, Manu. Uh, it's a real ice town up there right now, ain't it? It is. Okay, I'm going to take a backseat and just read your email now, <laughs> Manu. All right, anywho, I thought I'd give my own little headcanon on why Go Big or Go Home had a previously on. Can you headcanon in real life? I D K. But Parks, especially seasons 2 through 4, was always under the threat of cancellation, despite being critically acclaimed. So you'll see a lot of mid-season episodes during the run, including a couple in season 3. Like a wedding? Or the Harvest Festival that could serve as a series finale if they ever got the axe. Season 3 even somewhat feels like two seasons pre- and post-Harvest Festival. The writers room knew there was a growing concern of whether the show would be... uh, The writers, I'm sorry, mono. I got tripped up on your good words. The writers' room knew there was a growing concern of whether the show would be a going concern. That's accountant speak for viable. So I'm thinking, just like Leslie, they wanted to go big, not go home. The show had really found its footing as season two went on, and all the characters were put on tracks that will be familiar to us who followed through to the end. Now they've added a couple ringers to the cast, and Adam Scott and Rob Lowe. So it was time to go for it. All of this to say, I think the show owners were confident in what the show was, but they needed a pull as the show started writing and producing season three. Season two didn't really have an overarching plot besides the relationships. The pit came and go. So to organize the third season around a singular team goal, they really wanted to get buy-in on this plot. And to do that, you need to know who these characters are and what is happening for this major plot to take off. So I think you get my point. I won't take up any more of your time. No, Manu, you're always welcome. As someone who once dreamed of doing a Parks Watch podcast myself, I can say y'all are doing a great job. I can go to bed at night knowing someone took on this heavy burden of talking about this lovely show. Thanks, and keep up the great pod work. Ah, Manu.
1: Thanks, Manu. I feel like that's a like a really interesting insight, which we asked for. We said, why is there this intro? And you just gave it to us. I hope you and Will stay to- toasty in Chicago. Yeah. Thank you for emailing in. Please answer any future questions that are asked of the listeners because I think you did a great job. Our next email is Go Bigger Go Home from Chris McKay. Hey, Hannah and Will. Chris McKay here. longtime fan, first time emailer. First time ever. Maybe I should just stick to the email too. Um, just <laughs> a few thoughts. One, Hannah, your, your the pit was a lot joke lands on multiple levels. Thank you. And I thought... Deserved recognition for being a solid joke. (laughs) This is a great email so far. Two, I'm good at trivia and was happy that I immediately knew the answer to Sports Guy's dad's question about the Bills and Tom Brady. Spoiler, if Tom Brady had lost, then the Bills, then he and the Bills would have both lost four Super Bowls. You got it right. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. But he won, so now he's won more Super Bowls than any franchise in the NFL. Three, we roll over to the club. Four, I dazzle you on the dance floor. Just bounce, 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 bounce. A great. John, John Ralphio reference. Sorry. I slipped into John Ralphio there for a second. Anyway, thanks for being the highlight on my re- week, Chris McKay. You don't have to read these on the podcast. So we Anna. won't. There's some PS's. No, there's secret PS's <laughs> yeah. that nobody is going to know but us, but uh, we'll take a moment to silently read them.
3: Mm oh my gosh okay
1: oh wow these are great oh thank you so much what great yeah. PS are the PS incredible. and thank you for thank you. emailing in incredible emailer incredible ps's um ps he said nice stuff um our last email is from lucy van pelt and she has asked um, a handful of questions. So what we're going to do when we get to the question part, she's asked eight questions, is Will's going to ask me one. I'll answer. Then I'll ask him the next one. He'll answer. We'll really popcorn this. Mm.
2: So get ready for mm. some
1: popcorn. Um, I. She's honored to be a part of the Connor Club with the last name Connor. Um, she writes, I so agree that Ron would be Earth and April would be fire and Andy would think he's special. I think it would be really funny if Jerry, Larry Terry was just a really, really bad at at earthbending and just always tripped himself up. And I feel like Chris would be an airbender because of how positive he is. This is um, what she had asked what, what each character would be in. Um, oh my God. What's it called? The last airbender.
3: It's the world of airbender. Um, yeah.
1: The world of airbender. He would literally <laughs> be an airbender. Um, so here are more questions and stuff. Uh, Will, do you want to start with one? I'll answer and we'll just. Hop back and forth.
3: Yeah. One. What if April was secretly Ron's daughter?
1: I think that would be a lot—a li- golden plot line for her. <laughs> That's a reference I to think how the much gold would be, she yeah. would receive,
3: <laughs> largely uh, two, unchanged in terms of love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two. What if Leslie ended up with Anne? I've been shipping this since season one. Ben can go to hell.
3: I think that wedding would be between two beautiful mer people and uh the penguins would come down the aisle with a ring and it would be a really beautiful beautiful affair. Number 3. What if sports guy dad worked in the parks department? What would he do? Who would he be friends with? Hannah?
1: Yeah, he would be in charge of all the recreational teams. Uh he would coach both the basketball teams. He would also be friends with Uh, with Ron, and together they would play this sort of football-esque game that Andy was playing with Ron, he would have Nick Offerman giggling quite a bit. Uh, Great question. Number four, what what if Ron could breathe underwater?
3: He would never come to work, and we would never see him again. Number five, what if Ron was the alter ego, and he was Duke Silver most of the time?
1: Well, it'd be a smoother, jazzier work day, folks. What if I was Lucy from the snake hole? It keeps me up at night. I'm pretty sure I used to live in Pawnee, but I got my memory wiped men in black style.
3: We're legally not allowed to answer this question. Seven. What if all the characters were replaced by people from the podcast? I'm thinking sports guy, dad, Connor R, Connor Young, Joe, the librarian, all of them. What would they do?
1: They, uh, sort of like, okay. Each of yep. us, um, Basically, we would have zany adventures together, but none of it would be, it would all be within a podcast. So, Parks and Rec the show, you would just hear a lot of shouting over audio. Uh, Number eight, what if Lil Sebastian gave Leslie away at her wedding? Rest in peace, I send 5,000 candles into the wind every day. I'm in tremendous candle debt.
3: Uh, It would still be a beautiful ceremony. Leslie and Anne would ride away on little Sebastian into a tiny little miniature sunset.
1: Connors, you do not have to send in your address, but if you would like to be a part of a Connor logo, please call or email in and just say, Lucy, please include me in the logo within your voicemail or email. We'll get permission from all the Connors. Those were the emails. Thank you guys all for sending in your emails, uh, for being such good listeners. Uh, I'm going to toss the mic to Will, who wants to uh, tell you guys something.
3: Yeah, um, before we wrap this episode, I have a quick uh, update. This episode, Time Capsule, is my last episode as a host on Pony Public Radio. It's been a lovely run, uh, but after a lot of thinking, I've decided to take a step back from the podcast. And I just want to say I feel very lucky to have spent the time that I got to spend here with you all and with you, Hannah. And with our producers, Robin, Sam, and our amazing editor, Maddie. Um, And that it's been really a delight getting to know you and hear from you all each week. And to make one more (laughs) kind of Will, weird, long-winded Parks and Rec metaphor here before I leave. Looking back at all of these, you know, great, goofy gags of TV that we've watched and talked and laughed about. I feel like each of those Pawnee Public Radio episodes is now... uh, Funny, weird little time capsule full of really good times that I got to spend goofing around with all of you. So, truly, thank you. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening.
1: And I want you to keep listening. Uh, I'm going to take about a week or two off and just figure out in what form Pawnee Public Radio is going to return in. Uh, But we will be back. So, uh, enjoy your next week or two. Uh, You know, Eat some waffles, watch some Parks and Rec, and I'll see you on the other side of it. So thank you so much and have a lovely night or morning whenever you're watching this. Bye!